Hey, everyone, and welcome back to the I Hear Design podcast. This is Robert Yaminen, Editor-at-Large of Interiors Courses, and I'm glad you joined us for another broadcast. So for those of you who may not be aware of this, um, I've been with Interiors and Sources magazine since 2002, and I know I totally just dated myself, but um, I'm truly at a loss to explain how 18 years have gone by so quickly. Uh, it seems like yesterday that I was being introduced to the design industry, and I remember how fascinated and, to be quite honest, overwhelmed I was when I first started learning about and reporting on the design industry. But thankfully, I had an amazing editor at the time to show me the ropes. And for those of you who may remember Katie Snowchick, she was an incredibly influential voice in the industry during a time when sustainability was really just a buzzword and the lead rating system was only four years old at the time. Uh, so that gives you some perspective. But I bring all this to mind because, you know, if it wasn't for her mentorship and her faith in my ability uh, to take the helm of the magazine in 2005 when, uh, when she left to join HDR Architects, I really wouldn't be where I am today. Which brings us to the conversation that I want to have in this podcast. So sp specifically, I want to talk more about mentorship and why it's so important for design firms. So I've invited Mark Sullivan and Megan Pritz with JZA and D out of Princeton, New Jersey, to join us for the conversation. So Mark and Megan, thank you for joining us. Thank you, Robert. Glad to be here. So our listeners who may not be familiar with you guys, and because I think it'll be helpful for them to understand where you are in your careers and what point of view you're coming from for this topic of mentorship, can you tell us what you both do at JZA and D and how long you've been in the industry? So, uh, Mark, if you want to go first. Uh, sure. So I'm a partner here at JZA&D. I've been here, um, gosh, I've lost track of all time, since about 2012 or 13. I've been in the industry, I think we're coming on now 28 years. And, um, you know, I think what's, what's special about us is that there are the three senior members of the firm, Josh, uh, my partner and I, uh, and Richard, uh, we actually went to school together. So we share oh, cool. a perspective over time that is um, perhaps unusual. You know, we went to school together, and then we each went our different ways and then came back um, through luck and good fortune and are able to share the, the, the perspective, the experience, the experiences um, mm -hmm. that we've garnered over our uh, professional careers. I think that's, yeah. We're very lucky in that regard. Yeah, that's really cool. Megan, what about you? When did you join the industry and uh, JZA and D? I joined, uh, I graduated in 2012, and I've been with JZA D for six and a half years. I'm currently a project manager and designer, mostly within interior architecture. Very cool. All right. Well, great. Thanks for sharing that, guys. I know our listeners will appreciate hearing both of your perspectives on mentoring um, because it's really a two-way street, right? Um, and I read recently that so many firm leaders getting closer to retirement or officially retiring, there seems to be a growing interest in cultivating the next generation of design leaders. And I wanted to kick things off by talking about the need for mentorship in the first place. So, why do you guys feel firm leaders um, should consider adopting a mentorship program or strengthening their existing ones? Well, I, I think there's a couple reasons. One, it's it's a simple necessity of business, right? If you want to mm -hmm. move up and uh, 
as a partner, if you want to go off and do certain things or open markets, then you have to be sure that you have staff that can support you in the day-to-day work of the business. So it's just a natural necessity to you have to coach that staff to fill that, that need uh, mm-hmm. and form them to be able to, on a day-to-day basis, do the given job without um, a whole lot of regular handholding, right? So coaching, instructing, educating, mentoring, um, it's a necessity of business. From a broader perspective, as you mentioned, there's there's retention uh, to consider, and there's there's also uh, the changing of the guard, if you will. Um, inevitably, you're going to want to move on to the next level. You're going to want to retire. You're going to want to sell the business or hand off or whatever it is to the next person. And you've got to make the investment to make sure that person or person are there to be able to allow you to do that. It's just no matter what industry you're in, those are common factors and threats. Sure, sure. Megan, what about from the young professional perspective? Like, why do you think mentorship programs are important? Like, what benefits do you think they offer? Well, I think as a junior member of the firm, I see benefits in mentorship including getting advice to advance your career or seeing clear paths to leadership, um, as Mark was mentioned, changing of the guard. Um, mm-hmm. I also use my mentors for technical advice, whether it's detailing or contract review and getting feedback on, on my work or projects. I feel like that's it's important uh, to advance your career and also to, to get better productivity and work for the job. Yeah, right. Yeah, definitely. Do you guys find that mentoring is best done in a formal, firm-wide program, or is an informal process just effective? I mean, what are your thoughts on that? Well, I guess we have an informal uh, mentoring in our office. We are a small Mm -hmm. office, and I think that works for most people here. Um, Right. I do think it has the potential to leave some behind who don't naturally seek out mentors. But um, I definitely think there are benefits, and, and we see results for a positive mentorship, uh, whether it's helping with licensing for lead or architectural registration or just mm-hmm. getting better results in projects. Sure. Mark, did you want to weigh on that, too? Yeah, sure. Uh, you know, there's a obsessive compulsion for organized part of me that certainly believes in having <laughs> a formalized process in place because no matter what, you're hopefully all marching in the same direction. Um, that doesn't always happen, and uh, and let's face it, everybody's different, right? The mentor and the mentee vary widely uh, as to what their abilities and talents are. Uh, I think Megan and I were in a discussion some months ago, and, and, you know, as a mentee, you've got to figure out who you want to mentor you, right? Mm-hmm. And, and the mentor also has to do that. And so, you know, there's a looseness and an informality, informality that is natural to process. And I would also say that it's not as simple as who's going to, as you join a new firm, who's going to mentor you in that firm because it's not as simple as that. You're going to find mentorship from within the firm as well as outside the firm, from construction mm-hmm. companies, from engineers, from clients. Right. You're going to get an immense amount of experience. And I actually, there's a major chunk in the middle of my career where 
frankly, I wasn't learning much of anything within the office that I was in. I was learning far more from being on the road, working with consultants, working with contractors, working with you know, major universities. There's an immense amount of knowledge, whether they're talking about physics or they're talking about facility management or, or you know, or what. Uh, I remember a university I was working for, the, 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 the president of the university uh, had to resign in the middle of the project because he accepted the job of Secretary of Defense. Wow, so yeah. You really, there's, and you may not necessarily expect it, but there's, there's a whole world of opportunities and, and moments to learn from in this profession, mm-hmm. like any other profession. So, um, right. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. No, and you guys both put on something else I wanted to talk about was just how architects and designers can go about looking for an appropriate mentor or mentee. Like, what are some things that they should be looking for to get the most out of it? Uh, good question. I know Megan and I talked about this on a panel um, last year, and you know, you've got to be able to have some respect for this person. Uh, feel that they can bring you some some measure of education um, that they have something to share with you. I guess the mm-hmm. level. What do you think? Right. Yeah, I think it's it's finding someone who's approachable, who you can have a good word, yes, good word, yeah. A conversation mm-hmm. where you feel comfortable, like you said, uh, to be able to ask those questions to explain a detail or ask the why. And I think that's what goes beyond just the employee-employer relationship is is when someone's willing to explain to you why is this like this or why does this work this way. Um, mm-hmm. And I think that really develops that mentor-mentee relationship. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I, and I think it's, it's a rare person that can be able to explain to you how building goes together, how to act in a meeting, and or dress in the meeting, and I know this has come up in the past, all the facets of the day-to-day business, how to behave, how to how to get the most out of the, the, uh, the programming interview, you know, what's the best way to follow up on a meeting? And I, I think, yeah. and again, the mentor and the mentee are each individuals, and each one brings something to the table. So making sure that, that your mentor actually wants to mentor you, and that you actually want to listen to that mentor and vice versa. I think, mm-hmm. and it's a two-way street too, right? Because I'm still learning stuff 28 years into this. Right, yeah. Um, you got to have a good group of people that are willing and able to work well together. I mean, I, I, yeah. The best buildings don't come from people who don't like each other and don't want to work with each other. <laughs> yeah. They come from yeah, good, good point. working together well. Right. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and that kind of touches on another thing I wanted to talk about was just, and, and I want to ask you both from your own perspective, um, Mark, like from the firm leadership perspective, I think you touched on this already a little bit about um, how to mentor a younger professional, but like what are some other things that firm leaders should be doing to kind of bring the next generation along? And then, Megan, I'll, I'll ask that of you uh, after here about what you guys can offer to men, to your mentors. So, Mark, what, what are some other things that, uh, that you do to kind of help younger professionals in, in the mentoring process? Good question. Um, yeah, I, I think there's kind of the day-to-day work, and there's the kind of 
uh, annual or biannual work, right? So the day-to-day work is, and I don't necessarily do this effectively every day because the day is busy for all of us, but just go to every desk and make sure everybody's got what they need to do their job successfully or to finish that which they are working on to answer their questions. Um, And it also serves as an opportunity from business leadership side to make sure everybody's being productive. Mm -hmm. Um, And then there's the broader perspective of like annually or biannually or whatever it is to sit down, touch base. And maybe it's more often, depending on what the situation is, to, you know, go have a coffee, have, have some lunch, sit in the conference room, close the door. Hey, how are you doing? What's going on? Right. How do you think you're doing? And get some dialogue and feedback. And, and you know, again, everybody's different. Um, we do it once a year. Um, but sometimes, you know, if somebody's struggling, we, we do it more often. Uh, but but I, think it, I think those are the simple means to the success of the staff and the mentoring program is you've got to kind of touch base regularly, and, but you've also got to step back and, and, and talk about the broader view. Definitely. So, Megan, Mark mentioned earlier that the mentoring process is, is a bit of a two-way street. What do you think that the younger professionals offer uh, in the process so you, to, to the older mentors or the more seasoned professionals, I should say, <laughs> not older, but what's been your experience in that back-and-forth relationship? Yeah, I see uh, two parts to that, I guess. One being the mentee helped through the, the mentoring process with the seasoned professional so like Mark was saying, we sit down and, and talk each year about how what we need from our leaders, um, whether it's talking about AXP, which is the requirement, required hours to get licensed. So we kind of help, they help us navigate how we can finish those hours if we're not getting those already. And then uh, another concept we were talking about was reverse mentoring. Um, mm-hmm. I think that... Uh, the younger professionals can help identify some key trends in, in from culture, whether it's you know use of technology to help shape future productivity or um, mm-hmm. design. Uh, we do a lot of commercial interiors in our office, so I think young designers can help um, identify trends in flexible work environments, or ergonomics, or sustainable practices. Yeah. Yeah. Right, right, yeah, definitely, and yeah, that's true. I mean, the young professionals definitely have their finger on the pulse. It, it feels like a lot of times, and, and especially with the technology too. Um, so that's that's great. Another thing that came to mind is, as I was thinking about mentoring is in Cheers and Sources, we've been we've been talking about uh, the lack of diversity in the in the industry in terms of you know gender and culture, um, particularly in uh, leadership positions. Like, what are you what are your guys' thoughts on the role that mentorship can play, and kind of helping to ensure more a more inclusive industry, particularly like in leadership? Well, I think in our office we're seeing um, a lot of our junior staff reflects at least what I saw in my graduating architecture class, almost 50% women. So mm-hmm. um, I think hoping that the future leadership is reflects what we're seeing in junior staff. Um, I think having those being able to have those conversations with leaders where you're comfortable to engage in, in issues related to women, whether it's advocating for a better maternity leave policy or issues brought up on a construction site, to name a few, um, 
if you have that mentor to have those conversations with, then I think that helps create paths to leadership for women yeah. or, or other areas that need more diverse roles. Yeah, that's a good point. Mark, did you want to weigh in on that too? Yeah, you know, it's a good question. It's a good discussion. Um, it needs to keep being discussed because I don't think anybody has the absolute answer. Right. And, and there's also the individual factor, right? So I can't necessarily, um, I can't necessarily fully understand what Megan is needs every day for the rest of her life or where I'm at. Mm-hmm. Um, right. And, and who knows? You know, uh, Megan's going to, you know, as I look at a staff member like Megan, she's over the next 10 years, she's going to grow. Her personal life is going to grow. Um, and life is going to have its, you know, ups and downs as, as mine does too. Mm-hmm. Um, how do you, how do you grow a staff to lead to a more diverse leadership? You know, you, you really, no matter what, I think you try really hard to hire good people and do what you can so that they can succeed. Somebody once said that 90% of management is hiring good people. I think that mm-hmm. number might be a little skewed high, but, you know, it's a right. good chunk of your time is hire good people, make sure they have what they need to succeed, and then make sure they succeed. Because that, at the end of the day, benefits everybody. Mm-hmm. It benefits the firm, the leadership of the firm. It benefits um, the entire spectrum of the firm staff. Um, so, you know, and and, and the world is changing. Um as it should, and mm-hmm. I think being flexible. I think we're we're pretty good about being flexible for people's needs. Um, I think that helps everybody. We have a guy right now who lives in Manhattan and reverse commutes down here. He's only here like three days a week mm-hmm. because we don't want to wear him out. Um, it's actually Richard, it's right. Josh, and my classmate from school. Um, that if we weren't flexible and he weren't flexible and able to work successfully remotely wouldn't happen. Yeah. And we wouldn't gain from the benefit of his presence within the firm. Right. Like, you know, if Megan, Megan wants to be active in the AIA and that's good for her as a person, as a professional, and it's good for us too. And so being flexible and allowing her to do those things is good for everybody. And hopefully long-term, you know, Megan stays and and becomes an even more vital part of this firm. So, you know, I don't think there's an absolute perfect answer to the question. Uh, I think, you know, doing what we can for everybody's benefit and success is good for the collective whole. At the end of the day, though, we all have to be successful. We all have to work hard so that the firm can be successful so that we can support the success of our people. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. And that's a good point. And, and I mean, there isn't a one-size-fits-all you know, solution to it, but you're right, as, as everybody's success is, raises the collective, as you said. So. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Well, um, the last thing I was hoping that you guys could do is just maybe share with our listeners a little bit from your own experience, just some of the benefits that you've experienced from mentoring or being mentored from your own careers. Like, what are, what are some some things that kind of stand out in your mind uh, as being particularly helpful or, or impactful to you? 
Wow, I'm going to have to think about that for a minute. Uh, <laughs> okay, make it new ones, okay? Or... Sure. Um, yeah. So I think I have, I guess in our office, I have two important mentors, I guess. I could identify one being Mark, okay. the other being uh, one of my other bosses. And for Mark, I, I, I suppose I, I looked for a mentor for technical architectural advice, and mm-hmm. I found he was really helpful um, when I first started. And uh, when I was struggling with the detail, he was willing to explain, and we were able to have a, a conversation moving forward and about details and concepts, and we and we still do. He was very approachable in that sense. Mm-hmm. Um, whereas my other boss, it, it, we had a little bit of a slower start. Um, I got the sense that he was unapproachable. It was uh, difficult to didn't feel comfortable speaking up or having a voice about certain design decisions. So over time, um, I, I really didn't want to work with him. So I, I guess I had to prove myself in a sense uh, as a designer, and I would jump on any opportunity to contribute on design projects and and really show that I was passionate about this work. And and slowly we developed a kind of collaborative design sense. And and um, so I guess what I'm I'm trying to say is. If there's someone you want to be your mentor and, and you see that you can learn from them and benefit from their their expertise, um, I would go for it because mm-hmm. we do have we do have a good relationship now and and it's really helpful um, for my own career growth. Right. Yeah, that's a really point. Um, but thank you for being so candid. I think that probably going to be really helpful to some listeners that maybe have struggled, you know, trying to find a really good mentor and that it may not always be easy or clear, but like, like you mentioned, it's, it's worth it. So that's, that's awesome. Mark, did you, you have anything you want to, you want to contribute to that? Yeah. You know, I'll make, I'll try and make a couple of points. You know, one is I think that there is the kind of formal mentoring in the office, so to speak. Mm -hmm. Um, But then there's also, Every day, there's an opportunity. Every day, every project, every client, there's an opportunity in that moment to learn something, to gain something. Um, I've had I've had some really great experiences, very positive experiences um, in the profession and at school too. I've also had some very negative ones, and both have been informing. You know, there are things mm-hmm. that happen in life that we just want to like forget about and walk away from and make sure we're never in that place again. Um, but I think for better or for worse, it's important to note that you're going to work for some really great people and and you're going to work for or with some really bad people. Mm-hmm. And for whatever that is or isn't, there's something to be taken from those circumstances. In the case of the latter, it's hopefully such that you recognize that it, that's not a good positive thing. And as I grow through the profession in life, let me make sure I don't act like that. Right. right. Um, and, and as I was also saying to the earlier point, you know, there are innumerable opportunities to learn things. I, I have some great recollections of some construction superintendents years ago who were, you know, they seemed like they were 200 years old. Um, and they knew how to put things together better than anyone I had ever met. They knew how to read a set of drawings better than anybody I had ever met. Um, there were some, some very old draftsmen who could just draw in their sleep 
I'm exaggerating, of course, but there's immense wealth of experience. And this profession, you know, it's really hard to overnight learn how to put a building together and take a building through the process of design and construction and approvals and all of that. And so being able to gain something from the variety of people that you meet uh, and, and to take those lessons with you, I think is is paramount to growing through the profession, just like it is in any profession. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I couldn't agree more. Um, that's really great. And I appreciate you both sharing from your personal experiences with our listeners. I know, I know they'll appreciate it as well. Well, I think, yeah, this is a good place to kind of bring the conversation to a close. Um, so Mark and Megan, it's been great chatting with you both. Thank you again for being here. Thank you. Robert, thank you for having us. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. Well, for our listeners out there, uh, thank you as well for tuning in. We hope you'll join us again next time. Uh, we have a couple of new series we're going to be introducing on technology and acoustics in the coming weeks, so be on the lookout for those. And if there are any topics you'd like for us to discuss on I Hear Design, uh, feel free to connect with us on social media or drop us an email. You know, we'd always we always love hearing from you guys. So, thanks everyone, and be well.